When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. Uh, we already had a pod talking about football and the border war. Obviously, a heartbreaking loss for CSU yesterday. Just really tough to stomach. But Friday night, CSU men's basketball advanced to 2-0 with an 80-69 to victory over southeastern Louisiana. Wasn't always pretty, definitely uh, probably too close for comfort, but CSU started strong, they finished strong, they found a way to get it done. Going to talk about that one and just some of the takeaways we have from this team after two games, one week of action. CSU back in action this coming week, Monday night, they got Weber State coming to town and then they will hit the road. For the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic out in Charleston, South Carolina, the Rams will take on South Carolina in the first round on Thursday, November 17th, 3 p.m. tip-off. That is uh, Mountain Time. Game will be on ESPNU. And then on Friday, they will either play Davidson or Charleston, depending on how that game works out. Time is TBD on that one. But before we play some post-game audio from Nico Medved, talk about that win over Southeastern Louisiana and uh, get into some of those takeaways. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out, though. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Again, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's start with some audio from Nico Medved here. This is post-game after the 80-69 to victory over Southeastern Louisiana Friday night. Again, maybe a little bit closer than uh, Ram fans were hoping for, but this is a Southeastern Louisiana team that then went into Laramie today and beat Wyoming. So really big that the Rams were able to pull this one out against a frisky team. They kind of take a lot of crazy shots from deep, but they seem to just hit them. I mean, it's how they stayed in it against CSU, and it's what they did to Wyoming as well. But the difference was that, you know, Wyoming, if the jump shots weren't falling, they just couldn't seem to create for themselves. And that's what was really impressive about CSU in this one after, you know, going eight of 15 from deep in the first half, threes aren't falling in the second half. They make a concerted effort to get to the hoop 
you know, finished with 20 points in the paint in that second half. That was a big adjustment. But here's some post-game audio from Medved talking about the big win, and then we'll keep the fun rolling. Uh, hard-fought win for us today. I mean, that's a, tonight. That's kind of what we anticipated. And um, I thought, you know, what I love the most is how we're ready to play tonight. I thought we really embraced the challenge of coming out, uh, the aggressors. I think our defense was really good early uh, um, compared to the other night. Um, I give this team a lot of credit. I thought, you know, when we jumped on them, I thought they made some tough shots. Um, I also thought, you know, we left some guys open and made some mistakes. And, you know, when you do that and a guy sees the ball go through the net a couple of times, you can have a problem on your hands. And I thought our guys showed poise. It was a great team effort. We had six guys in double figures tonight against a team that that likes to pressure. We only turned it over 10 times. Um, and I thought we did a lot of really, really good things and good balance across the board. And, you know, one guy, I, I just think Jalen Lake's playing terrific basketball for us right now. And now I look at his stat line tonight and what – 10 points, six assists, seven rebounds, no turnovers. I think he's playing terrific ter- perimeter defense for us. Um, and boy, he's really, really growing. So um, great team effort tonight. Hard fought win. We'll take it and get ready for Monday. It seemed like you guys really tried to attack the paint a lot more in the second half. Was that something that you were emphasizing? And what did you kind of see there? Yeah, I mean, we always talk about love the paint, like the three. I think we're a good shooting team, but it starts with getting the ball to the paint. I thought really both halves, we did get into the bonus early, but I thought the second half we were a little bit more aggressive. And I thought, so as it's the kiss of death, we made a bunch of threes early. And then I thought we got a little three happy, just kind of shooting them without attacking. And um, I thought in the second half we got back to being a little bit more aggressive that way. And that's what we want to do. And so, yes, that that was intentional. And then I thought a little, we were a little shaky from the free throw line for a little bit, but we made them late. And that's what you have to do to close out games is stay aggressive, stay on the attack, and you got to knock down your free throws. And we did that. Cool, 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 cool. You know, jumping right into it, one of the things that really stood out to me in this one was just that you had multiple individuals step up at various points of the game. Nico Medved shouted out Jalen Lake. He was phenomenal. 35 minutes, 4-9 from the floor. Uh, only two of seven from deep, but he had seven rebounds in this one, had 10 points, six assists, just a really complete effort. Didn't try and force too much. You know, I, I feel like he was probably the, the biggest key in this game, him along with Patrick Cartier, who had a, a game-high 17 points in this one and just did a really good job of forcing the issue. I mean, five and nine from the floor, so efficient, but also six of six at the free throw line. You know, hitting your free throws, that's a big factor. There was a, a point in the second half where, you know, southeastern Louisiana was kind of cutting into the lead. And part of that was that CSU had a stretch where they missed four consecutive free throws. And that was also during a stretch in which, you know, the the field goals weren't exactly falling just for a couple of minutes there. Overall, a pretty good offensive night. But the fact of the matter is, you know, without a David Roddy, without an Isaiah Stevens type leading the way in the early stages of the season here, it's going to take a collective effort. They're going to have to be nights where, you know, different individuals step up and, and kind of lead the way. Now, that doesn't mean that it's just going to be a different individual going for like 30 or 40 every night. You still need diverse production and, you know, quality team performances. But I mean, that's probably the most encouraging thing from this first game or first two games, I should say, is that you had guys step up, you know, Tanjay and Rivera in the first one, Jalen Lake, Cartier in the second win over Southeastern Louisiana Friday night. 
And it isn't necessarily always pretty. I mean, there's definitely struggles both games. There have been long stretches where the offense has gone cold or where the defensive intensity wasn't quite what it needed to be. But that's college basketball at the same time. I mean, it's a game of runs. How often do we say that? It's a bit of a cliche, but it really is true. It's just about, you know, who can who can survive them. And in a couple of gritty games here for, you know, and not an inexperienced from top to bottom CSU team, but just inexperienced in terms of like the time on the floor together. You know, a lot of these guys have played a lot of minutes, but they haven't played a lot of minutes together. They've been able to pull out some big gritty wins despite the fact that, you know, Roddy's no longer here, despite the fact that Isaiah Stevens is injured and Josiah Strong has, you know, still been trying to recover from mono and has not been able to play yet. Guys, they're 2-0 and without their biggest addition from the transfer portal so far. Strong is a bucket. So it's going to be huge to get him back for sure. I've just been encouraged by the fact that it's been a collective effort. You know, every every guy on the roster is just kind of trying to pick up a little bit of slack here. When the moment calls for it, certain individuals are doing their thing and kind of taking over in those moments. But it's not, you know, it hasn't been a situation where you have a guy just like jacking up 25 shots or something absurd like that. You know, they're still sharing the basketball, creating looks for everybody. I felt like in the first half of the opener, the offense was fairly stagnant, but in the second half and then the entire game against Southeast Louisiana, I felt like the movement was a little bit better. In general, I just liked the intensity that CSU came out with on on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. It was just a solid start. Built up a double-digit lead within the first 10 minutes. Southeastern Louisiana actually had to call a timeout before we even got to the first media timeout four minutes in. And a lot of that initial damage, you know, was done behind the three-point line. CSU hit eight of 15 threes in that first half. The shots were falling. I, I will say there were some moments, particularly after about 10 or 12 minutes, where I felt like it, it would have behooved the Rams to work the ball inside a little bit more. You know, like Medved always says, you know, love the paint, like the three. And it can be, you know, kind of a, a double-edged sword in that regard when the jump shots are falling early because then you know, it's great, but then you maybe start to rely on them a little bit more than you should. And just naturally, eventually, you know, it's the numbers are going to even out. You're not going to be red hot all 40 minutes, likely. Crazy games do happen, but I mean, these things tend to average themselves out over the course of time. But what I just like to see was that when the shots, you know, stopped falling, they didn't keep jacking them up. I mean, that was the big difference between CSU and Wyoming. I mean, granted, CSU shot better than Wyoming did in general against Southeast Louisiana, but the Pokes just kept letting them fly. And it was, you know, brick city after brick city, they could have built a house out there and CSU, you know, they, they started out red hot again, they shot better than the Pokes did, but I mean, they missed their first like five threes, I think in that second half. And they were, they were able to, you know, score down low. So they just, they started doing that more. They started working it in more. They started getting to the free throw line. And to me, that's, you know, displaying maturity and an understanding of the moment. You know, right now, the jumper, it's not falling. We're able to get in the paint. I mean, they're five. He was a big dude, but he looked like he was moving in, in sand out there. I would have attacked him every single possession. But, you know, for a team that just has a, a bunch of guys that are, you know, stepping into bigger roles than what they've done or, you know, make, maybe making a, a jump. Obviously, they've got a D2 and a D3 player trying to make the jump. It makes sense that everything's not perfect right away, but it just feels a lot better when you're learning about yourself and you're working through these issues while still coming out victorious. And, you know, that's a testament to these players and the system in place and the coaching. 
I'm not sure how many mid majors across the country could lose a first round draft pick, could have an all conference player go down uh, with a preseason injury and be missing their number one transfer that's, you know, supposed to come in and help offset some of this lost production and still be two and oh. Now I want to be clear, you know, I, I do think that this team's ceiling is significantly lower than last year's and I don't even mean that in a super critical way. I mean, how could it not be, logically? Just losing the the talent in production that you lost and, you know, just the fact that they're missing Isaiah Stevens. Of course, there's going to be a drop-off. While this group is is not probably going to be able to contend, you know, for a conference title with, you know, especially with just how good San Diego State looks, but there's still a lot of talent on this team and they're going to make some noise in the Mountain West. They're going to be frisky. And while I'm still worried about the the lack of depth in the post, you know, they just don't really have a lot of size. Cartier had a great game, but I, I really don't view him as a true four, at least at this level with his size. And, you know, the fact that they're going to have to rely on Tabby Jackson so much, a, a guy who looks incredibly talented, don't get me wrong. I mean, his future is bright. I don't know how he was so under-recruited. But, I mean, when you're rolling with a, a freshman point guard for, you know, significant minutes, there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows, and we've seen that already. After one week, though, and again, it's it's a long season. We'll see what happens this week. A lot could change my mind. But, I mean, I, I do think that this team is going to be a little better than I was maybe expecting coming in after the Isaiah Stevens injury. You know, I, I don't think they're going to be conference champs or anything like that. But if you can be competitive, win some games, you know, maybe pull an upset or two that you shouldn't while Isaiah Stevens is gone, you know, who knows? You know, maybe you're in the conversation for an at-large bid or another spot in the NIT. I mean, they've got guys that can score. Jalen Lake, I mean, I, I still think he has the the potential to be an all-conference player. I've already talked a lot about Josiah Strong and how much he's going to bring. We haven't seen him yet. I mean, Isaiah Rivera, I've been really impressed with how confident he's looked with the ball in his hands. Tanjay is Tanjay. We've all seen him put up big numbers at, at various points in his career. I think he's you know primed and ready to take a bigger role this year. I just wondered without Isaiah out there, how was everything going to flow? Was anybody going to share the basketball? Was it going to be stagnant? Were you going to have, you know, somebody playmaking, creating for others, or is it just going to be a lot of ISO and guys, you know, jacking up tough contested threes? And so far, you know, they're, they're doing a good job of playing within the system. They're not like running a lot of set plays. That's one of the things that Medved talked about. And I'm going to play that audio uh, here so he can talk about why. In general though, I'm, I'm really encouraged by this, this opening week. So I, I think there's, you know, still plenty of room for growth. Obviously, you've got a tough challenge coming up on Monday against Weber State, program that just perennially seems to, you know, win 20 games, always be in contention in the big sky. So tough challenge there. I mean, if you can come out with another win there, you'll be feeling really good going into that road trip. But the early indications are that this team might be a little friskier than I thought, and that's exciting. You know, I I have plenty of faith in the staff to get the best out of these guys, and you know, I, I think it's exciting to see some of these other guys get an opportunity to show what they can do, you know, guys that have kind of had to be selfless this, these last couple of years, Tanjay and Rivera and, you know, even Jalen Lake. They're getting that chance to shine, you know, and that's that's cool. That's kind of what college sports is all about, you know, in the the transfer portal era, we don't see quite as much of that, you know, guys sticking it out, you know, getting developed, you know, earning their opportunity over multiple years, you know, it's it's pretty common to just cut and run now. And, you know, I'm not trying to be the old guy ranting about transfers. I'm not throwing shade or anything like that. But when you actually see it play out this way, 
it's a lot more fun with the community because you get to know these players and you get to see them grow up right before your eyes. And it tends to be, you know, better for your program when you have just roster continuity. That was the thing about the Eustace years. Yes, there would be years where everything hits and, you know, you win 20 plus games and you have, you know, guys like Avila and Stan Kidd and Gian, you know, and Amagbo, some transfers that are really killing it. And then there are years where you barely go 500. It's just hard to be consistently competitive when you're, you know, replacing your roster year in, year out. There's always going to be some movement. I mean, that's just modern college basketball, but being able to have two, three, four, you know, key pieces on any given team that are going to be playing significant minutes that have been within the system for multiple years that understand what you're trying to accomplish, you know, what your team culture is, that's big. And to me, that's, you know, how you're able to have success in these preseason games when you're still working through things, when it's still, you know, imperfect, it's not pretty, but you have a winning team culture. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest difference right now between CSU basketball and CSU football. Over the last half decade, CSU basketball has built a winning culture. How differently do you feel when you're watching a tight Rams basketball game? Even if they're down, you still feel like they have an opportunity to come back in it, that they're going to figure it out. With football, there are times when they're winning even, and you're just waiting for them to blow it. But I think that's what's been you know reaffirmed more than anything these these first two games is one that there's still talent on this team. You know, it's it's kind of easy to get lost in ev- everything that the the program had to replace and not focus on what they brought back and added. But they've got some guys that can hoop, and they've got a winning culture and and coaches that are going to get the best out of them. So. I'm still really excited. I mean, it's great to have basketball season here, especially as football wraps up. We'll definitely be ramping up the hoops coverage. Didn't get to do quite as much preseason coverage as I would have hoped uh, due to some outside stuff going on. But altogether, I've definitely been encouraged. Looking forward to seeing how the Rams respond Monday night. I want to play some more audio here of Nico Medved answering some of my questions post-game, and then I will get out of here. Real quick, Ivaca is the new GOAT in Colorado sports that is the greatest of all TV. Ivaca TV delivers amped-up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports and AT&T Sportsnet. Get the most regional content for the lowest price in Colorado. That's Avs games, Nuggets games, the Weber State game on Monday night. You can get on Ivaca TV, MSU, DU, they've got it all. Do you know that our DNVR Nuggets crew went to Serbia to learn more about the history and culture of a country that developed the city of Denver's two-time MVP? We're blown away by the support from the premiere night. So if you missed the first showing, the next run will be on November 8th. Oh, actually, that one already happened. Uh, check out the Ivaca TV schedule for the next showings. It'll be on the DNVR YouTube here in a couple of weeks. But DNVR and Ivaca TV are a dream made in heaven. They paired up for this premium 60-minute basketball documentary on Nikola Jokic, Serbian basketball history, and DNVR's adventures through the Belgrade, Sambor, and more. You can watch that and all the other awesome stuff I mentioned at the beginning that Ivaca has to offer. Again, they show CSU games. If you're a Ram fan, you know, it's a great way to catch up or be able to stay up to date with all things CSU. And all you've got to do is go to ivaca.tv, sign up. It's only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver. If you want to check out the trailer for that Jokic documentary, A Thousand Invisible Threads, it's live on the DNVR Sports YouTube channel. Set yourself up at evoca.tv slash dnvr. Again, that's evoca.tv slash dnvr to watch your favorite Colorado sports teams and original dnvr content. James Moore's 11 points, 5 of 5 from the floor. 
he had a stretch there where he made a layup and then he gets the, the wide open dunk and then he gets the ball and he's like dribbling. He looked really <laughs> confident, I guess. Like, would you like to get him more touches? Do you think that could be good for him? I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that sometimes like as we keep developing chemistry with this group, right. And eventually we're going to get some other guys back. I think when we're at our best and you see tonight six guys in double figures is we're playing at best, the ball finds you, right? And you start to find different ways that you can just score out of our motion. And like we call very few set plays tonight. That's really not what we wanted to do. Um, but I think his role will continue to grow. You know, one thing he, 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 he you know, had a Hail Mary three today, but he's been shooting the ball from three while in practice. I think that's something as the season goes on, he can knock down some of those for us. He's made his free throws. And so um, I like guys to shoot a high percentage. So five for five is <laughs> five for five is good. That's better than, you know, four for nine. Right. You mentioned the no set plays. Why is it just to kind of Well, I think I think you know we anticipated. You watch this team play last year and you watch their games early in the year. This has been a team that's pressured. They've done a lot of pressing and trapping in three-quarter court, trapping in half quarter in the half court. So we anticipated tonight that's what we were going to see, especially with some young guards out there. So what do you want to do? You want to keep it simple. You want to have multiple receivers, multiple handlers, and we felt like if we could just get into our motion and maybe to be honest, they wanted to trap us on the sideline early. We didn't go to the sideline much. We entered the ball to the high post and got in our flow. And so that was really what we wanted to do um, tonight to alleviate pressure and not get the ball over on the sidelines and in the corners where they could trap us. And so I, I think it was effective for us that way. I think we were able to generate good shots. And so that was really for this particular game what we wanted to focus on. I think sometimes that calms down young players and inexperienced players too. They don't have to do a lot of thinking. They just kind of do what we do every day in practice. Thank you.